The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that is not a family member of the Guerrero family. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and they wouldn't let us run on the field. We could have been Guerrero family anything because there are so many of them, and it was so cool to see Gabby Guerrero out there and just the whole Guerrero squad celebrating Vlad Jr.'s first and long-awaited home run derby title. Notably, no Vlad Sr. in attendance as Vlad Jr. joins his dad as the first father-son combo to win the home run derby. Very cool. Congratulations to Vlad Jr., who's a weekly listener of the show. Thank you, Vlad. Appreciate your listenership. Oh, yeah. 100%. Unlike Paul Skeens, who we already shouted him out for not listening. Very true. (laughs) The derby was tonight. We previewed it on our last show. We absolutely adore this event. It is my favorite night on the baseball calendar. I'll talk a little bit about why. It's the only night we have that exists because it's awesome. We spend so much time in the baseball world picking apart the sport for the efficiency, for the goal of winning baseball games, and for creating value. Everyone is doing that all the time on the field, whether you're a player or a front office person. This is the one night that exists because it's fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every Which night... It delivers. Every year it delivers. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been, you know, lucky enough. This is our seventh uh, derby that we have attended together. And this one was fantastic. Very deep field, very balanced field this year. And we're going to get into kind of reviewing the performances of all eight contestants tonight at T-Mobile Park. Of course, Vlad is our champion. So that's what's going to be most of the show. And then at the end, uh, we are going to preview the all-star game which is really just talking about the starting pitchers, starting lineups, and anything we are remotely looking forward to. Because for the most part, when we come to All-Star Week, it's because we're looking forward to nights like this. And then the All-Star Game is just kind of the epilogue. (laughs) Just kind of happens. It is cool, of course, to see all the best players in the world on one field. But this is the real show, and that is why we are going to spend the bulk of the time. So where would you like? I mean, we've already spoiled uh, for those tuning in who didn't watch and wanted to find out who won. I guess we've already ruined the winner, but we are going to review everyone's performance. So where would you uh, like to begin this conversation? I think we should just talk about, you want to go, let's go bottom to top. Yeah, I think so. I think definitely from from least uh, memorable to most memorable. We don't have to necessarily go through the, the whole bracket. Um, let's just go for our eight contenders from who will we remember the least to who we will remember the most. Forgettable. Yeah. Adolis Garcia, and Pete Alonso. Yeah. I'm going to put Mookie in a slightly Yeah, I agree. I, I would not put Mookie at the bottom. Pete and Adolis Garcia hit some long ones. Mm-hmm. 
but not enough of them. No. And they did not move on. They lost their first round. Uh, Garcia was better than Pete, I would say. The yep. thing with Pete, right? So Julio hits 41 homers. Yeah. And Pete is down in the tunnel warming up. <laughs> and at that point, he's cooked. It's a hilarious thing to watch, right? Because Pete, like he's Pete. He's the derby guy. And he has to come out and follow up one of the most incredible performances about, ever. Was it? That was the record. He broke Vlad's record from 2019 for most in a round. And so when you literally have to set a record to pat, to advance, it's it's unlikely you're going to see records in back-to-back rounds, right? Like that that's a, that's a hard thing to do and very unlikely. So to your point, he was cooked from the beginning. It still generally looked like Pete. Like he had a couple ones where he got into a rhythm and it was like, all right, here we go. Uh, but instead... It was just like, all right, dude, let's move it along. Right. And the funniest part of Pete's round by far, and it didn't really matter because we knew he had no chance because Julio had so many. I actually went to the concession during that was because obviously coming off the Julio round, the Seattle crowd, every Julio swing is giant cheer. And for the guys against going against Julio, every non-home run got cheers, which is just a great element. You don't always get that, right? Because you don't always have a hometown guy in the Derby. And so, um, you know, you know, you usually do. And there's usually a crowd favorite, but that's just great. So the one thing on Pete is, do you think we will see him do it again? Yes, he will do it next year. I guarantee it. People who watched on TV said yeah, how sad he looked. It's the one thing we've missed. You know, we're in the Oxbox, we're in right field. Obviously, we're very lucky to get to go to this every year. There is part of me that feels like we are missing some part of it not seeing it on TV and seeing the guys' faces and reactions up close and all the reactions from the family and the guys that bring them the Gatorade and whatever. But uh, apparently Pete was not looking like he was having a good time whatsoever. This, well, is, yeah. this is work. <laughs> he had to come out and follow it. <laughs> like know. he needs to loosen up a little bit, I think. Yeah. I, I He will win another Derby. I yeah. feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I want to mention one quick moment though. So the song that Pete was hitting to was Shook Ones. Now Shook Ones is the song in the end of 8 Mile. Jordan, have you seen 8 Mile? <laughs> yes, that is a movie I've seen, but okay. not since when 8 Mile came out. Right. Like, so I don't... It's the beat that they're rapping to at the end of 8 Mile, okay. and okay. Eminem's character like has this incredible moment rapping over Shook Ones, and then um, the other character is like, he freezes in the light because of how amazing what he just saw was. And so here's Pete. There's Shook Ones playing over the speaker and he has to follow up the Julio performance and he's just kind of awkwardly standing and swaying there kind of like Papa Doc in 8 Mile. That's just uh, immediately what came to my mind. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough assignment. Uh, quickly on Adolis, he was pretty good considering respect Tony Beasley. Everybody loves Tony Beasley. It was not a good... He was the, the derby pitcher who did not show up. And we'll get to Adley. I mean, Adley was amazing on his own, but Randy Rutschman was dialed in. And the BP pitcher, the, the derby pitcher is every year, like, if you want to take this seriously and you want to analyze and you want to be ready, now, it's not like you really have any idea who's actually going to be good at it or not, but it is an enormous component of success in this thing. Undeniable. Not, not just how accurate your pitches are, but the pace at but, which you're yes. throwing the pitches. It's Randy's BP pitcher was moving swiftly. Yes. And it sort of caught up to him at the end because I think it actually tired him out more Towards the later rounds. But anyway, we'll Could get to Could you have a different thrower for different rounds? That would just bring in a bring refreshment. In. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, that's it's. I do like the idea of like, you can kind of do whatever you want. Like if you want to have multiple guys, but it also kind of ruins like the special moment for the one guy that gets to do it. Yeah. So. We're trying to win championships. That's true. Uh, anyway, so that's a Dolly and Pete. Let's talk about Mookie. Awesome. It was awesome. I said that it could not have gone more exactly like I expected <laughs> It was 
it, it could, now again, he was going up against Vlad. We picked Vlad to begin with. He was probably doomed from the start. Could we envision a scenario where Mookie, this competitive freak, finds a way to just hit 28 home runs into the left field bullpen and somehow win a round? I guess. Because Vlad was underwhelming in the first round. Yes. But <laughs> basically immediately, I mean, Vlad's still at 26 <laughs> in the first round. But yes, he didn't look like great, right? But it did not take long before you realized he got no shot. Now, the one thing we were worried about, well, the first thing is everybody gets 30 seconds of bonus, but the only way you get another 30 seconds of bonus time is if you hit two homers over 440 feet. Mookie's longest homer was 427. We knew that that was probably going to be a big challenge for him. Didn't hit a ball harder than 103. And it's like, again, the only reason that bummed me out, on one hand, it was like, that's hilarious. This is one of the best players in the world still. He's in the middle of a career year. He's leading the National League in slugging. And yet this is just not for him. And I talked last night about how he has the most impressive game power ever. And this is not a game power event. This is something different. And he is not for this. And I'm glad he gave it a shot. And I'm sure he will never do it ever again. Uh, it made me appreciate him more <laughs> yes. in a way. Yes, for us, I agree. But like my one concern is like, this is also a great event for casual fans. And casual fans are like, that's the guy that people tell me is the best player in baseball. See, I disagree because I think Mookie is there. Yeah. If you're watching the prove Derby, it. That's true. That's you true. know about Mookie Betts that's probably, true. and you get why that's he's true. a big deal. That's true. Uh, kudos to Mookie for giving it a go, but he <laughs> immediately joins like the Homer Derby performances I remember for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Alex Bregman. Yeah. Right, where it was just wall scrapers. Well, Bregman had the problem. Bregman at least had the excuse of doing it in Cleveland where all of his home runs, like they randomly have a giant wall in left field in Cleveland, which is like all of his home runs. <laughs> it's not going to work. But yes, Bregman certainly comes to mind, but it was it was unfortunate. And also it was like, it's not like they don't have qualified guys from the Dodgers, but I guess people just wanted Mookie to do it. And obviously if you're MLB, you're going to let Mookie do it if he wants to do it. That's well, fine. You, I don't you saw fault the thing like that. his wife, yeah, his wife was great. like, you should do this. He was but like, it's right. like, did his wife want him to get embarrassed? Like, I, I guess. I, I, I don't Maybe know. this is payback for something. It was fine, right? It was actually a prank from his wife. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, hell, like, especially, you know, we'll get to Adley, like only one lefty. So it's like, like give me fucking James Outman. Like, I know the dude's been striking out a ton. That dude could have hit some off the windows. All right. That's Mookie. So those three kind of in their own tier at the bottom. All right. Who do you want to talk about next? Cool stuff. Uh, Luis Robert. Cool boy. His first round was super sick. His first round. Now, Luis Robert uh, gave us, I believe, the three farthest home runs of the night. Ultimately, no one hit it out of the stadium, as some people wondered if they would. But he had the farthest. I believe he had multiple over 470. And it was so impressive because he is has the lowest effort swing. And he was ramping it up. You could tell it was like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. This is a derby. I have to get in rhythm. I do have to swing hard. But the the combination of the exit velo and the arc was really i mean vlad had a couple in julio but he's he's really something i think you just kind of saw at the end that the experience kind of showed he just couldn't find that rhythm quite as easily but he i mean he he certainly looked like a guy that has more homers than all these other guys yeah and as his round continued and it was kind of clear he was going to pass adley despite adley's incredible performance right he started gunning to hit it out of the stadium. Totally. He started lifting it more. He started swinging harder. Yep. 
which is again the whole point of this. I may, <laughs> me want to see ball go far. Yes. And Luis Robert delivered on that tonight. He was just hitting the ball so hard, man. Yes. And uh, I will say that I would love to see him do it again. And I think that this is the kind of performance where he could be like, okay, I can win this thing. If I like now I know what I need to do, I can win this. Go thing. get Dave Jouse. Like, go get the bat. I mean, the pitching didn't see the problem. Like, he is clearly capable. He is fantastic. Let's move on to Randy Orozarena. Yep. Now the next five, the next four guys, like they were all amazing. So I think Randy, I might even have higher on the list in terms of who I will remember the most because Randy also was not hitting them as far. He had a couple rounds where he did not get the bonus, but his consistency, the streak, I don't know. I wish they kept track of, of streak, like most swings in a row's consecutive swings with a homer. If you get X in a row, you should get a right, bonus. right. And he just felt like he was just incredible. And again, like I, I didn't doubt him because the dude is 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 a show is one of the great showmans we have, and he is uh, he's so entertaining, and and I love Randy. I did doubt him, yeah, because I thought his high effort swing was going to sink him, and it arguably <laughs> did at the end. He was so tired yeah. in that last round. The swings that he was taking and the pitching got a little sloppy by the end. Uh, so it sort of cost him, but it, it carried that first. I mean, what? He had that round of 35, right? That second round was uh, was 35 home runs. Yeah. The exercise needed when you do the derby is a different exercise than these guys are doing all the time. It's really similar to cycling, right? You're doing a four-minute aerobic efforts at pretty high intensity instead of going to the plate four times a night and taking maybe seven total swings. It's just a completely different type of exercise. Yeah. And you can see which athletes are good at that and which aren't and who has enough natural raw juice that when they get tired, they're still able to hit it out. And Julio in his second round, he was just done. Like the ball was not jumping off of his bat in the same way. <laughs> and you can tell, like, and this is what's so cool now that and the 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 stack has tracker on, on dot com was incredible to have and how quickly it was updating. They did not have something like this last year. But you could literally tell it's so cool because this is a, a literal way to quantify how much juice they have. When you compare the exit velos and the distances of Julio's homers in the first round versus the second, it wasn't even close. Like he emptied the tank. And it was worth it, right? Like, okay, yeah, I knew he didn't win, but he did it. Like, he gave, he set a record for, sorry, we're skipping ahead to Julio, but like, he did that. And so I, and for Randy also, like, he showed out too. Would he do it again? Maybe. Um, but I, I just, I, I can't get enough of that guy. And I'm, I'm glad that he, he had the opportunity to kind of be once again on the big stage. Now, you know, it seems like we will have him again in, in the postseason, but we will, it was nice to see him in a, in a home run context. All right. Let's talk about, all right, let's, let's talk about Adley. Yeah. Adley Rushman. Yeah. So he did it perfectly. <laughs> Because we will remember Adley in this derby forever for two reasons. One is obvious, and that is because he hit a bunch of home runs from the left side. And then he moved over after his timeout to the right side. And immediately as a righty, I think he hit his first six or seven out as a right-handed hitter, which was remarkable. And when the crowd kind of realized 
that he had moved over there, they rose to their feet because it was not necessarily announced. No. Maybe, you know, uh, Am Singer, who was the, you know, doing the broadcast here over the loudspeaker, he might have said something, but the crowd kind of saw we all him. We all figured it out. And it, it was also something that I think all the videos of him practicing was that like, okay, I'm going to do it left-handed. And I wonder if it was the plan all along. But either way, whether it was a plan along, whether he did it spontaneously, I think it says a lot about Adley, not just the talent, but the personality to say, like, fuck it. This is a show, man. Like, let's go. Like, let's like we're all trying to have fun here. I am capable of hitting home runs right handed. I might as well show this off because this will make me stand out whether or not I win. And it's possible he was smart enough to know Luis Robert might be about to kick my ass. So I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just going to let it let it eat. And uh, so be it. And honestly, I kind of like it this way because. There's a version where he beats Adolis Garcia and then he's gassed in the second round and it's like, ah, okay. But instead, it's like he went out not on top, but I'm feeling as good as as, as any of the guys you uh, die leaving young, this derby. You die young, Jordan. You die a legend. There was no time. We did not see Adley gassed in this no, derby. We just saw him just balling out from both sides. Could you imagine if Pete had hit 42, <laughs> how we would feel about Julio right now? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We did not get a chance to see him be so bad. It was great. But Adley was was great because he is a different type of showman than Randy. It's not as obvious. And he's not as charismatic in an outgoing way as some of the other not players. Not in the way that his body language yeah. or the gestures or, yeah. But he understands he the, the headband. And he, like, he, he does start to kind of cultivate a certain look. And like it is a weird... And by the way, for the people who I know you tweeted about, you know, most memorable non-winners, um, <laughs> Salvador Perez, which a lot of people responded to your tweet about that. That one in Colorado was completely forgotten because apparently the broadcast just completely ignored it when it was going on. But seeing someone that f- built like a house, which like Salvi is and Adley is, is staggering, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, of course that guy has power. But to then to have the stamina to do that is remarkable so i love it it was very impressive um and i think i think it raised his, his profile i really do i think again this is something that maybe people know um you know what sure like adley oh, his orioles they're good now like what is this really but like this was a cool way to do it yeah. because because remember the whole reason he stuck against luis robert is because he didn't have that many home runs in the regular season because the dude's focused on catching and you know drawing walks yeah exactly <laughs> i was gonna say he doesn't swing enough to hit as many home runs as luis robert Right. They're very different types of players, and I love that we were able to be enthralled and entertained by both of them at the same time. Let's move on to Julio. I know that guy. Julio Rodriguez won the Derby for the second consecutive year while also losing the Derby for the second consecutive year. A season ago <laughs> in Los Angeles, he announced his presence to the baseball world, kicking off that Derby with 32 home runs as the very first hitter, going up against Corey Seager, who is the crowd favorite, having been a former Dodger. Julio rolls up, hits 32. The crowd flips on Seager and just starts cheering for Julio in the first and then like in the second round. There was no reason for Los Angeles to love Julio Rodriguez, but he was so amazing, so automatic with the homers that they turned for him. It was great. Right. But he loses in the finals to Soto and everyone's like, okay, he lost, but he won. And tonight he lost, (laughs) but he won again. Because in that first round, he hit. A record 41 home runs, basically all of them into the bleachers in left field. It felt like one of the most remarkable athletic performances I have ever seen in person. Yes, he ran out of gas, like totally ran out of gas. There's running out <laughs> of like, gas. Duh. There's running out of gas where 
where your engine light turns on. And then there's like the sputtering, the where the car kind of comes to a stop. That was what Julio was. He was so sweaty, too. He was way, he was just out of it. But that first round, oh boy. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I think he was, of course, the first one, the most obvious contestant. They had him as an all-star. It's like, oh, does he really deserve it? They're just going to put him in because he's Seattle. But it was all about this event. And I'm sure Julio knows, too. Like, this is what it's about. And, like, that's a lot of pressure, too. Not just to follow up what he did last year, but to do it in the context where everybody's expecting you to. And to deliver a record-setting performance in the first round, whether he won the whole thing or not, you can't ask for anything more, man. Like, that was that was so special. And that's that's the cool part of this format now, too, right, is you could just go on a heater. And there's there's really nothing like it um, yeah. in baseball because it's just not a normal thing where someone is swinging every three seconds. <laughs> and like that, the sound, the volume building every year, it gets me when a guy hits five, six, seven in a row. There's just there's really nothing like it in, in sports. And it reminds um, me of the three point contest in the NBA. Yeah, more. that's that's the closest. That's the closest thing. Uh, but the difference is that like every three pointer looks the same. Whereas with the homers, they can build up and it's like, oh, that went the bullpen. All right, that hit Edgar's Cantina. All right, now we're going up there. And now we're, oh, where's that going? And then there's like, oh, maybe there's a like a pop fly where it's like, is that going to get out? And then it does get out. And then you go crazy. Like there's so many versions and the sequencing is so special and cool that that's it's so unique. And that, that's why I never get tired of it. Do you remember when you were little and you would play dodgeball <laughs> and there was the strategy of throwing one ball up in the air really high slowly to distract the catcher and then they would look up in the air and you would throw a laser beam at them while they were distracted that's what some of the julio home runs were <laughs> is he would get under one and it, it would it would soar and then he would hit a laser and it felt like he was trying to hit the other yeah. home run ball on the on the down right. slope like a like a rifle shot like trying to shoot right. his own like clay pigeons but yeah. for me tonight julio he exemplifies the point of the derby it yeah. is not about winning. It is about entertaining the masses. And no one understood that better than Griffey. When Griffey turned his hat around that moment in Camden Yards. Which, by the way, now, like, basically every guy goes with that <laughs> hat backwards, or a lot of them right. do. But the second Griffey does that, he's communicating to the fans, hey, this is for fun. We're yeah. doing this for fun. And Julio is kind of the, he's carrying that torch forward. From Griffey. Now, I know comparing the two of them is kind of lazy in some respects, but it is a similar type of energy where Julio gets the point of the event. Yeah. And I find that to be very refreshing. And I don't give a shit that he lost. What will I remember from tonight? How good Julio was. Yep. That being said, Vlad Jr. deserves Derby title. I'm happy he has the trophy. He was way less impressive than he was in Cleveland. I will remember his Cleveland performance a lot more than I will remember what he did tonight. That being said, not mad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. It's very funny that they added like a big Seattle style chain and then a home runs derby jacket, which I don't know if whose idea that was, if that's just part of like it wasn't a Vlad specific thing. Like they were going to give that to whoever won, <laughs> but it was so perfect that they give it to Vlad, who wore the home run jacket with the Blue Jays before his manager, John Schneider. Was like, no, we're not doing that anymore. And then Josh Schneider threw to him in the derby, and then he won the home run jacket. Great. We love baseball. Very funny sequence of events. Um, so that was great. And yeah, I just, uh, he totally deserves it. I don't know 
it seems like even though he hadn't done it the last couple of years, this is also an event he very much enjoys. I could see him not doing it again. I mean, remember, we talked about going into it. It's like, oh, why are they going to let him do it? Why is John Schneider throwing to him? Because they're like, well, we needed to hit more home runs in the regular season. And so maybe that can get him going. Um, so we will see if that can, you know, let Vlad heat up in the second half. Uh, but yes, the first father-son combo to win a home run derby. Just looking like who else could conceivably have done this or could still do this. I don't know what Prince Fielder's kids. <laughs> I've seen them. They look like boys that could probably hit home runs if they are playing baseball. One day. <laughs> One day. I don't know how old they are. Uh, Yo Jr. Um, is, you know, I believe 12 or 13 now. Uh, maybe he becomes a real prospect. Other than that, you know, maybe we'll we'll have to wait. But uh, but this is awesome. This is obviously the one you would expect. We thought he was going to do it in 19, and now he gets the title uh, tonight. So overall, it was a it was a quality derby, very deep field, very balanced field, and ultimately we were right, and that's all that matters is <laughs> that so we picked Vlad. Congratulations, and we were Jordan. correct. Nice work, sir. Nice I work. I was thoroughly entertained, and I was correct. No notes for the no evening. No notes. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and when we return, we are going to give you a few thoughts on the All Star Game. Coming up on Tuesday night, the starting lineups, the starting pitchers, and then we will say goodbye. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a SiriusXM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world, and I get to share it with you every single week. Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast. I'm Jake Nance. That's Jordan Schusterman. And he's my all-star. Oh, thanks, man. No worries, dude. Uh, Speaking of all-stars, that's what's happening tonight, Tuesday evening. The all-star game will commence. And we have starting lineups. It's well, they cool. are subject to change, as they say at the bottom oh. on MLB.com. Oops. I will read them out. In the National League, Acuna in right. Freeman at first. Betts in center. Martinez. J.D. Martinez in the four-hole DHing. Who Weird. asked for that? What? Who asked for that? Uh, maybe Rob J.D. Thompson Martinez. <laughs> Nolan Arenado in third base. Luis Arise. Down in the six hole at second. Very Sean, weird place to bat him. I know. Sean Murphy catching, batting seventh. Corbin Carroll, the hometown kid, and left batting eighth. And Orlando Arcia following, bringing up the rear at shortstop. Let's talk about this lineup first. What jumps out to you besides JD Martinez cleaning up in 2023? Um, so we're just focusing on the NL here. I mean, yeah, I uh, so wait, before sorry before we continue, these don't matter. They don't. <laughs> Very much I just want to be clear. Like these, who cares? How would you do it with these guys? How would would you change with anything? these nine? If we're focusing on these nine, yeah, I think I'd probably go a rise, batting second. I think, like you can't go yeah. against the Cunha. I would do a Cunha, a rise, bets Freeman. Freeman. Yep, and then probably move up Murphy. And Freeman. Carroll. Why yeah. is Carroll hitting eighth? Isn't the whole yeah again that one is like either I think you would either go I would either go Carroll or Arise second, and then like Mookie Freeman or Arenado like those guys are here yeah. every year like you can put them in any put them down there it doesn't matter most of this team besides Freeman and Martinez is two hole hitters 
You know, like bets yes. arise, <laughs> Carol. Yes, yes. Which again, yeah. obviously, any All Star lineup is going to look weird in some form. Uh, the American League. So that's Rob Thompson, by the way. Who um, is a hilarious vibe for an All Star <laughs> game? Rob Thompson, a very serious, monotone Canadian. And there's one Philly here, two. two. Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> Craig Kimbrell. Late ad. Is Castellanos um, going to come in? What's what's? How do we think he uses Castellanos? Remember, we're watching the Who Plays Center Field game tomorrow night between oh, Guriel and Castellanos and Soto. We did get a note from someone that Soto played. Soto center did. Field yeah, I think I think it was last. He's year, appeared maybe? in center in more All-Star games than regular season That's games. true, which is amazing. But maybe we, maybe this is more common than we realize. All um, right, let me move on to the American League. Yes. Marcus Semien leading off at second. Some guy named Shohei Otani at DH. Uh, Arena batting third and left. Seager, the most boring man in baseball. At shortstop in the cleanup spot. Yandy Diaz at first base batting fifth. Adelise Garcia in right field sixth. Austin Hayes seventh and center. Josh Young third base batting eighth. And Jonah Heim catching batting ninth. The... Hayes, Young, Heim, 789 does not feel all-star <laughs> gamey to me. I know that is well, we lost, disrespectful, I mean. but that is where it should. Should is a dumb word, right? But that's Adley and Mike Trout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're missing Trout and Judge and Alvarez, like, whatever. Like, okay, so how would you do this one? I mean, I, I'm not really sure. This is I how have, I would do this one. Yeah. I might swap Randy and Otani, um, but otherwise, yeah, fine with it. Rangers. How about them Rangers? They're really good. Uh, let's talk about the starting pitchers announced today. Zach yes, Gallen. This, this is I'm much more interested in. Zach Gallon for the National League and Garrett Cole for the American League. Why are you interested in this? Well, I just think not you know, that it matters who's starting, but specifically about these two guys, right? Garrett Cole, someone who coming into this year is like, is this going to be that he's finally, you know, going to win a Cy Young? He ends up starting an all-star game, which is also very cool. Uh, this is his, what, sixth all-star game, I believe. And I feel like, you know, he had, some, there was some debate about, oh, Fromber really wanted to start and Dusty is the manager. And it seems like the Astros were like, no, you're not doing that. And so Fromber's like, you know, F you see, I'm not doing that. So I don't think he's going to be pitching. That's fine. He's then it was like, he's not even, I don't even think he's here. Then wait. So there's no Astro here. I realize Astro here entire at all. Dust, Dusty and his whole staff are here, but Jordan's not here and Framer's not No, here. For Jordan is here. I saw Jordan. Today. Jordan is here. I saw Jordan with my own two eyes today. I don't think Framber is here, um, but that is a good point. Jordan will still get super booed. <laughs> he's going to get booed so hard. When he limps out there with his bad oblique <laughs> on Tuesday <laughs> to be announced. Be that's tough. <laughs> but, you know, obviously that's going to happen. Um, but then it was like, okay, well, is Dusty Baker, who, by the way, put Scott Service on his staff <laughs> just because it's Mariners, whatever. Oh, would he go with Luis Castillo or George Kirby and, you know, play the home run crowd? And instead, it seems like Dusty was like, no, Garrett Cole should start an All-Star game. And I'm totally fine with that. I love it. We both like Garrett Cole and good for him. So happy for him. Zach Gallen. This is also fantastic. Zach Allen, to me, is the NL version of... It's kind of a, a mirror of what we had last year with McClanahan and Kershaw, right? Last year. Um, this year, we have Gallen, a guy where it's like, here, here we go. He's one of the best pitchers in the league. And now he gets to start an all-star game, even though maybe not that many people have heard of him. Kind of like McClanahan last year. And uh, just to hear his his accent in, on, in the most well-attended press conference of his life. Was very cool. It is very South Jersey. Oh my god! It makes Mike Trout sounds like he's from Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, 
It's really something else. Uh, and we love Zach Allen. He's. Uh, he I is... had a good moment with Zach Allen today. Something, maybe this is tooting our own horn, but something that will happen to us here. I guess now it's time to maybe peel the curtain back on the media day today. Sure. It's madness. And yeah. you have a lot of people covering the All-Star game who don't typically cover the baseball. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Because we want as many people as possible to see the sport. And we want different avenues to be involved and be broadcasting it and to be sharing it with people who don't engage with baseball on a daily basis. That being said, there is a level of feel that you develop by being around the sport, by being around any industry over time, right? Uh, when do you talk to someone? When do you not? How long do you talk to someone? How do you not? How long? How short? Whatever. And so here, the interactions between the players and the media is very different than it usually is during the, t the baseball season. And what that leads to is situations where I had players today say things like, hey, can you talk to me for a couple more minutes? So people will stop asking me weird so questions. People will stop asking me questions. <laughs> and Jordan and I are like, sure. Uh, whatever. That sounds good. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. And obviously, again, if you wanted to talk about like certainly some players that we've gotten to know, I mean, Shane McClanahan, of course, we've, we've had him on the show. Super cool to see him here. Of course, he was he was there last year. But guy like Josiah Gray, definitely a future guest on this uh, podcast. One Beaming of our favorites. Just so freaking cool um, to see him here. Uh, Mitch Keller, another guy I'm sure we'll have on the podcast at and some point. Talking to Spencer Strider today. One in a million, <laughs> man. Strider, yeah. Uh, you wanted to tell the background of the, of the tweet you sent because that, that did pretty well. And then we'll wrap up. That did do shockingly yeah. well. I didn't know that many Americans knew the word supinated. I was quite surprised by that. Well, give, give a little context for those who didn't see it. So I tweeted out a picture of Spencer Strider earlier today with the caption. Uh, Spencer Strider just used the term, quote, supinated release while being interviewed by a seven-year-old. So there is this child... They do this every year. Yeah, there's the Chevy a Chevy play a ball times. reporter. They have a so it's cute, great. It's, it's a, a great layup. bit. Yeah. Cute little kid walks around asking players regular questions. Right. This cute little kid, he's like seven years old. He's got a big mullet. <laughs> do you know there. what the question was? I think the question was something along the lines of, hey, like, what are some tips about getting better at baseball? <laughs> and Spencer Strider just goes into a rant about <laughs> spin axis and how the kid might be struggling because he has too much of a supinated release and he needs to be more end over end with it. And then he starts talking about seam shifted wake and the seven-year-old is just kind of nodding along. Yeah, yeah. The funniest that part shit down. is that he, the, the guardians of the child oh. and the Chevrolet people shepherding him through the event, they don't know what Spencer Strider is talking about either. Of course so not. He's They're like, how are we supposed to edit this? Like, what? <laughs> It'll probably never see the light of day, honestly. So they don't know what he's talking about. The kid doesn't know what he's talking about. Strider doesn't even see me. So he's just doing this. He's, he's not rolling. really performing for anyone. He's being himself. He is. I mean, he doesn't know how to turn it off. He gets the bit, though. Yeah. He's yeah. kidding. He's not, you know. No, he knows it's funny to be using those big words for seven-year-olds. Like, I have no doubt about that. Oh, it was so good. Um, yeah. We, we and love. then the next question for the kid was, what do you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> and he's like, toast and jam, baby. Great. <laughs> oh, Spencer Strider, we love you. All right. Um, I think that's all we have. I think we will record tomorrow after the All-Star Game. All-Star Game MVP is always a goofy thing. So Who do you we'll got, see. Jordan? <laughs> Who do I got in the All-Star Game MVP? Who's going to get enough? Um, I'm going to go Luisa Rise gets three hits and wins the All-Star Game MVP. That is my pick. I'm going to say Corbin Carroll, home crowd. He's going to have a double on a walk and a steal. And in, he'll probably get 
two at-bats and it'll make a nice play in the outfield and it'll be a drab game and they won't know who to give it to and it'll go to Corbin Carroll. It'll be cool. I want to see Camilo Doval like really let it loose. That is the one thing about the All-Star game. Even though I am perpetually underwhelmed by the game itself, um, seeing which pitcher against the best players in the world can stand out is awesome. Yes. yes. You know what it reminds me of? Who has the best performance at the Grammys? Oh, you can stand out amongst all the schlubs. When you're out here at the All-Star game, you better come. I also love the inevitable seventh inning, one out. Here comes Michael Lorenzen to get an Elias Diaz ground ball at the All-Star game. (laughs) So anyway, we love everybody that's an All-Star here. It is the best. We are so fortunate to be here covering uh, this event for the seventh straight year. Not seventh straight year. Didn't something happen in 2020? I forget. Um, but Jake, uh, thank you for joining me for through, throughout this uh, weekend so far. We hope everyone's been enjoying our coverage. We have all kinds of stuff at Fox Sports. Go read Jake's uh, story on Adley. Um, got a big Otani thing going up tomorrow. I think everybody will enjoy. Asked a ton of all-stars about Otani. That was fun. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of all kinds of draft coverage. So be sure to check that out at Fox Sports. Uh, thank you to Chris Tyler for producing. Thank you, Jake Mintz, for joining me. Thank you to T-Mobile Park for hosting this wonderful all-star event, this Home Run Derby. And uh, congratulations again to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who doesn't listen to this podcast, but he what? should. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you all again very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Serious XM Podcasts.